scripture reading tonight will be from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If you have one of the Red Pew Bibles, it'll be on page 960, page 960. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting with verse 4. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love is to characterize everything a Christian does. We are to be motivated by love in everything we do. The Bible commands us to put on love, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 14. The Bible commands us to let love continue, let brotherly love continue, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 1. The Bible says that we are to abound in love. To abound means, as we've been talking about, to overflow, to have more than enough. We are to abound in love. Could it really be said of you that you abound in love, that love continues in your life, that it's something that you emphasize, that you've put on in your life? Could that really be said of you and me? In 1 Corinthians 16, verse 14, Paul says, whatever you do, let all that you do be done in love. Christians are to be a loving people because our God is love, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 8. Just a moment ago, Kevin read for us 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 through 7, the 15 characteristics that he lists in that particular section of Scripture talk about and describe love. But sometimes you just have to see an example to really get it. Love is patient, love is kind, love doesn't behave rudely. Those things can be helpful and they are worthy of our study. But sometimes an example, a picture, is worth a thousand words. What I'd like for us to do with our study tonight is we continue thinking about what love looks like as we think about authentic love in this series of lessons. I want us to look at some women who early one Sunday morning were on their way to a tomb and I want us to look at the picture of what they did and learn some things about what love really looks like from that passage. Open your Bibles, if you would, with me to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16, and I want us to begin in verse 1 this evening. Mark chapter 16, beginning in verse 1. There's a picture here that we really need to stop and think about. When you think about what love is, we might think about married love, or we might think about the love that a parent has for their child, the love that God has for people. All of those things are worthy. But I want us to look at the love of these three women and learn some things about God's intentions for our lives. In Mark chapter 16, beginning in verse 1, Jesus has been crucified, and the Bible says now three days have passed. It's Sunday morning. And it says in Mark 16, 1, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices that they might come and anoint him. 
Very early in the morning, Mark 16, 2, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who is crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Go and tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. And they went out quickly, it says in verse 8, and fled from the tomb. For they trembled and were amazed. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. That might not be the first passage that comes to mind when we ask, what does love look like? But think with me for just a minute. As you look at the love that these ladies exhibited for Jesus, what can you learn? Why did they go on the first day of the week? Why, did they, why were they on their way in the first place? They were on their way to the tomb to anoint the body of someone that they loved. What can you learn about love from this passage? Some principles to think about. Number one this evening, you can learn that their love made them different. It made them stand out. After all, a lot of people had followed Jesus. On one occasion, he fed multitudes, 5,000 men, not counting the women and children. Multitudes had followed Jesus, had been his disciples, had listened to his teaching, and yet on this particular Sunday morning, there were only three ladies that thought enough of him to go to the tomb. Their love made them different. And brothers and sisters and friends, love will make you and me different. It'll make us different because love tries to express itself even when we're not always sure how that's going to happen. How am I going to be able to express my love? The Bible indicates as you look at Mark chapter 16, look at verse 3, they're asking themselves the question, we're going to the tomb of Jesus. Who's going to roll the stone away? How are we going to get to the body to be able to anoint it? They're not sure how they're going to be able to love the Lord. They ex express their love for him. But they're on their way regardless. Their love made them different, didn't it? True love, genuine love. Don't be looking for a lot of people doing the same thing necessarily that you're doing. To genuinely care about somebody will make us stand out. It'll make us different. You stop and think about it. Jesus had 12 apostles, 11, after Judas hung himself. And the Bible indicates that none of them were quick to go to the tomb on Sunday morning. The ladies, in this particular case, put those apostles to shame. And brothers and sisters and friends, it has ever been the case that women very often outdo men in demonstrating love. Here are three ladies who care so much about their Lord that they're willing to go and find his body and anoint it. Think about the widow that put in the two mites. All that she had, others were coming into the temple and they were bringing all kinds of sacrifices and offerings and they were making a show, some of them. Jesus was watching, but he saw that widow. She outdid them all in the way that she demonstrated her love for the Lord. Loving people and loving God will set us apart. It'll make us different. That's something to contemplate. 
Don't look for what everybody else is doing when it comes to demonstrating love. As you think about Mark chapter 16, what else can we learn about love from this particular passage? Their love led them to be the first to render service. These three ladies, they were the first to render service. If you look at Mark chapter 15 and verse 40, it indicates in the passage, as you leave the last chapter of, of uh, the, uh, the crucifixion of Jesus, the Bible says there were also some women looking on from afar watching the crucifixion. And among them were these three ladies, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the Lesson of Joseph, and Salome. Last at the cross, and then they were the first at the tomb. Mark 16, verses 1 and 2. They cared about the Lord. I've been noticing something here recently. As I stand around and visit with people, and I know you do too after services, I've been noticing more and more Christians standing around and having wonderful, happy conversations with one another in the auditorium. We almost have a happy problem because Oftentimes, people will be here at the building after services, whether it's Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, be here at the building for up to an hour, sometimes longer. That's a great thing. Why is that? Why do people treat each other? Why do we treat each other that way? Why do we stand around and visit for that long? One of the reasons is because there is love that's being demonstrated. The last at the cross, the first to render service at the tomb, these ladies were eager to demonstrate that they really cared about the Lord even when they saw him die. The death of Christ, brothers and sisters and friends, is what binds us together. We have fellowship because of his blood, 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. We have communion and a fellowship and a relationship with each other because of what he's done for us. And the death of Christ gives us a motive, gives us an impulse, gives us the strength that we need to serve. Love doesn't wait until somebody points out a need. Love says, how can I help? I'm ready to render service. I'm ready to demonstrate that I care. Notice this, number three, what does love look like? Patient and kind and not rude and all those things, but you see it very practically being demonstrated in these ladies' lives. Their love, number three, was greater than their faith or hope. What do you mean by that, John? I'm reminded of 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. You remember? On this particular occasion, these ladies are convinced that Jesus is dead and they had never seen anyone come back from the dead like Jesus was about to do. And as they came to the tomb, they didn't come expecting to see a risen Savior. They came to the tomb, the Bible says in Mark chapter 16, with spices, embalming spices. They came because they were going to embalm a dead friend, not to see a living Savior. And if I can just put a really fine point on it, faith was gone. They believed in the things that Jesus taught while he was alive, but they thought he'd been crucified and everything that he had taught and everything that he had stood for had come to a screeching halt. They didn't have hope that he was going to rise from the dead, even though he had mentioned so many times in his teachings with his apostles and with his disciples that he was going to be crucified and he was going to rise from the dead on the third day. They didn't have that hope. Where were faith and hope with these ladies? 
Faith had faltered. Hope was waning. But their love continued, didn't it? That's really interesting. So why did these ladies go to the tomb on the first day of the week? They went to the tomb because they cared so much about Jesus. They loved him so much. And one of the lessons that you learn about love in this particular passage is that love may well endure even when someone's faith falters. We are not minimizing faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 tells us that faith is required to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him, Hebrews 11 verse 6 says. The Bible says that we must put our faith in Jesus Christ if we would have salvation that's provided by Him. Believe in Him so that you might not perish but have eternal life, John 3 verse 16. But these ladies were motivated by something even greater. They were motivated by their love. And as they walked in love, and as they did what they thought was right, it's amazing how their faith was revitalized because they did see the stone rolled away. They did see the empty tomb, and they did hear words that they needed to go and share with others. Love may live even when faith falters, and love may even be sometimes the means of rebuilding our faith and our hope. Next. As you think about these ladies and the way that they express love, their love was unselfish and it was sacrificial. As I read Mark 16, one of the things that's interesting is that the Bible indicates that Nicodemus, you remember him, he had already embalmed the Savior. Open your Bibles, if you would, to John 19. It tells you very detailed there. John 19, 39 and 40. Nicodemus was kind of a quiet follower of Jesus. You see him three times in the book of John. You see him in John chapter 3, obviously, as he comes and has some questions about eternal life. Then you see him again in John chapter 7. And he's talking to the Pharisees, and he's talking about who Jesus is. And then you see him again in John chapter 19. And he asks for the body of Jesus. And in John 19, verse 39, the Bible says, Nicodemus, who at first came to Jesus by night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 100 pounds. It's not any small gift that Nicodemus brings. And then it says in verse 40, they took the body of Jesus and bound it in strips of linen with the spices as the custom of the Jews is to bury. For our purposes... It's insightful to stop and think about the fact that Nicodemus had already embalmed the body. But now these ladies, the Bible says in Mark 16 verse 1, purchased their own spices. They weren't just taking what anybody else would give them. They used their own money. They used their own funds. They purchased these spices and they were going to take these and they were going to do their own anointing of the body, their own embalming. Their love was unselfish. Their love was sacrificial because brothers and sisters and friends, that's what love has to do. When you love somebody, when you love someone, you're gonna be unselfish, you're gonna be sacrificial because that's how love is expressed. That's how we demonstrate to others that we care about them by not being selfish, by being sacrificial. But it costs them something, that's the point. They express their love in a costly way. Love, true love, wants to sacrifice and serve. 
How about your love? You know, it's easy to talk about. It's easy to read passages in the scriptures. It's another thing altogether to put it into practice. Love will not rest until it has sacrificed and served. So it was with these ladies. Next, their love was under law to God. I think this is an important point as we think about what love looks like. All the things we've said up to this point, they have to do with these ladies' choice, they have to do with these ladies' expression of the way that they felt about Jesus, the regard they had for him, the way that they wanted to honor his memory and demonstrate that they cared. All those things were optional. But what we're about to talk about, there is no option. We must obey the law of God. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. Notice what Luke mentions about these ladies. Luke chapter 23 and notice verse 56. Luke 23 and verse 56. Did they love Jesus? Yes. Did they want to embalm his body? Yes. Did they want to express their love for him? Yes. However, in Luke 23, verse 56, the Bible says they returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils and they rested on the Sabbath. Why? Why did they rest on the Sabbath? It tells you in Luke 23, verse 56, according to the commandment. They wanted to express love, but even higher than that was the observation of divine law. We're going to do what the Bible teaches us we need to do. That comes before any, and it frames and it captures any expression of love that we're going to offer. If we're going to show somebody we love them, we're still going to do it God's way. And we're still going to do what God desires us to do. God has said, reserve the Sabbath for me. Do not do any work on the Sabbath. And therefore, we're going to respect his wishes. Even when it interferes with our expressing love to someone who's died. That's noteworthy, brothers and sisters and friends. That's something we ought to think about, all of us. They prepared spices. They had everything ready. But Mark 16, verse 1 tells us it was early on the first day of the week that they all woke up and went to the tomb. Why was it early on the first day of the week? Because they had respected the commandments of God in expressing their love. Their sorrow, it was real. They shed real tears. They cared about the Savior and they cared about what had happened to him and they felt the loss very deeply, but their sorrow did not become an excuse for disobedience. It didn't become an excuse for them to say, well, in this case, I think God would understand if we made an exception. They respected the word of God. Application. When we start talking about demonstrating love to people, when we start talking about loving our fellow man, loving each other as Christians, when we start talking about parents loving their children, children loving their parents, all of those things are essential to living a Christian life. All of those things are bounded by and restrained by and given shape and form and function by the Word of God. The commandments that come from God show us how love is to be expressed. He shows us what love is. And any love that we try to demonstrate to anyone must be 
under God's authority by his will, by his word. And the reason why that's true is because true love brings glory to God. God is love, 1 John 4 verse 8. If I do something contrary to his nature, if I sin in showing love to someone, or what I think is love, by definition, what I've done is not loving at all. Love finds its highest expression in keeping God's commandments. Jesus himself said it this way, if you love me, keep my commandments. John 14, verse 15. How do I show God that I love him? By reading his word and by living according to his commandments. And so it was with these ladies. You know, we live in a time and an era when love is something that people use as kind of a virtue that they really want to put into practice in their lives. But they say, just follow your heart and just do what seems right to you and, and do only good and don't do any harm. The Word of God shows us what's good. The Word of God shows us what's harmful. We can't figure those things out all by ourselves apart from God's revelation, apart from God's Word. True love obeys God's commandment. Number next, their love was rewarded. For years, I've been fascinated by 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1 through 3. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm become like a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Though I give my body to be burned, things like that, it profits me nothing. And my fascination in this particular sense is this. The Bible indicates that love has a reward. And it's a natural reward. A natural reward, a reward, a fruit that grows from the expression of love. That's what Paul is saying there. There's a natural reward that comes with serving and sacrificially loving people in the way that God commands us to. And these ladies experienced a multifaceted reward. Think about it. Here they come in Mark 16 to the tomb on the first day of the week. And what did they experience? Because of their expression of love for the Savior, the prophet of love was experienced by them in these ways. Number one, their love obeyed God. They respected his word. They respected his commandments. They showed themselves to be faithful to his teachings. And there's a blessing that's to be found in that in all of our lives. What reward did they experience? They were rewarded by seeing an angel. Mark 16, verse 5. The age of the miraculous has come to a close. You and I are not going to see an angel with our eyes but it's thoughtful, thought-provoking to realize these ladies did because of their expression of love. They found life instead of death. They went to the tomb expecting to find a dead body and they found an empty tomb instead. When they expressed love, they found life instead of death. How many, how many people over the centuries have come to Jesus Christ and found life because of their expression of love and obedience and submission to his will and found life instead of death. So it was with these ladies. You think about these ladies and the reward of their love, they were the first to be able to proclaim the good news of the resurrection of Jesus. They were given that privilege. Well, why was it given to them? It was given to them because they were the first of the tomb. Well, why were they the first of the tomb? Because they loved and their love was greater than the apostles or any of the rest of the disciples of the Lord. Love has rewards, natural rewards. 
you and I as Christians, we ought to spend some time thinking about what love really looks like and how it makes a difference and an impact in so many unexpected ways. God desires for people who serve him to do what they do through love. As his people here at Katy, let's let love abound in our hearts and lives each day that we live. Don't be content with what we've done, but allow love and the flame of fire that fuels that love to continue in all of our hearts and minds. Maybe you're here this evening and you've not obeyed the gospel. Jesus Christ loves you more than anything. Jesus Christ went to the cross proclaiming his love for you and that's his ultimate expression of love for you. Romans chapter five, verse eight. God manifests his love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Don't spurn his love. Repent of your sin. Confess that he is the Lord. Be baptized for the remission of your sins. That's how someone comes into contact with the saving blood of Jesus Christ. If we can help you to make that commitment this evening, if we can help you by praying for you, won't you come forward while together we stand and while we sing this song of invitation.